some, one of the hard, really hard things is to see someone's limitations, especially when everything else we know about them suggests they're not limited. So right. take a penguin, for example. It's like, what do you mean a penguin can't fly? It's a bird. It's got wings. It's got feathers. Right. And birds with wings and feathers fly. Yep. Except the penguin can't. It's just, it's just simply beyond their ability. And we could choose to get mad at that. Right. Or we can accept it. Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the Odd Man. He'll unpack wisdom and insights from a cross-section of top quality performers in business, media, sports, entertainment, and lifestyle to uncover key elements to help you live your best audacious life ever. So without further ado, here is the Odd Man. Greetings and salutations, folks. Oddly, Stevenson here, back for another edition of the most audacious podcast you'll find on the internet. Uh, this is the Audacious Living Podcast, and I appreciate you for being here as we continue our ongoing goal of helping our listeners live their best audacious lives ever. As always, I encourage you to connect with us through our, our social media channels. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under the handle The Audacious Pod. And if you head over to YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, then you know that you can tap that bell down below and you instantly subscribe to the channel. And that way, you're connected to all great things audacious related. Now, the topic of conversation on this edition of the podcast is about conflict, or more specifically, how to create more healthy conflict in both our personal and professional lives, and, and less of the toxic stuff that nobody likes. Uh, now, you know, conflict is one of those things that you either love or you hate. And while most of us run from conflict altogether because of the way it makes us feel and the negative emotions that it creates and the feelings inside of us and all that icky stuff, you know, conflict is completely normal and can be a good thing. Uh, you know, for good ideas or any sort of true innovation to exist between individuals, you need to have healthy conflict, argument, and debate. And that, of course, comes through human interaction. Our, our thoughts need to be challenged and tested. We need to expand our thinking or the way of doing things to be better. And as long as this is done in a healthy, positive, respectful way, then there's nothing wrong with it at all. Gabe Carp is with me on this episode of the podcast, and we really dive into the topic of, of conflict and how to create more of the healthier version uh, in our lives. Uh, as a former trial lawyer, Gabe knows a thing or two about uh, that negative, toxic conflict, and, and he uses much of his past experiences to guide uh, his work. He's a speaker and an author of the book, Don't Get Mad at Penguins and Other Ways to Detox Conflict in Your Life and Business. And a big part of the book is centered around accepting others for where they are uh, as a step towards that healthier conflict that we just, I just talked about. Uh, Gabe and I will talk all about all that great stuff and so much more on this edition of the Audacious Living Podcast. Enjoy. Hey, Gabe, thanks for joining me here on the Audacious Living Podcast. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you. and Thanks for uh, making the time. Yeah, and thank you for having me. It's great. Great to be here. Great to be with you. 
Awesome, awesome. And so um, we're going to talk about conflict, which I think for some people, the hairs in the back of the neck are going to stand right away um, because, you know, some people like conflict, some people don't, and there's different reactions. So we're going to definitely talk about that as well as your, your, your book. Um, I, I love the title. So may, may, maybe let's just, ju let's jump to that because it's a great title. Um, don't be angry at the penguins because they don't fly. Yeah, don't don't get mad at penguins. That's right. Just a, a shameless plug here. Shameless plug, by the way. Uh, Very nicely done. Don't don't yeah, don't get <laughs> you like how I wove that in there. Don't get mad at penguins. Uh, it's actually it's don't get mad at penguins and other ways to detox the conflicts in your life and business. Got you. But um, the the pe there's a chapter that says don't get mad at penguins because they can't fly, and people are like well, what. What's that all about? Why? Who would get mad at penguins? They're so they're such cute little animals. That's um, right. And really, the 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 I, I view it like this: like to to preach about it, it's like between expectation and reality is a space filled with suffering and conflict. Mm. And the wider that space is, the, the the greater our suffering is. So the penguin analogy is one of acceptance. And it's, it's kind of simple. It's like, we should just accept people um, for who they are with all of their limitations uh, and not expect them to do things that they're not capable of doing, even though we may like really, really want them to. Right. And it, some, one of the hard, really hard things is to see someone's limitations, especially when everything else we know about them suggests they're not limited. So right. take a penguin, for example. It's like, what do you mean a penguin can't fly? It's a bird. It's got wings. It's got feathers. Yeah. And birds with wings and feathers fly. Yep. Except the penguin can't. It's just, it's just simply beyond their ability. And we could choose to get mad at that. Right. Or we can accept it. Accept it. And, and, and I think that I think it's a great analogy because uh, uh, so two words as, as even as you're describing it the two words that jump obviously the, the acceptance it's there but being realistic as, as well too being re realistic about what we want from others uh, and and even for ourselves and and and, and so I, 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 I do like the way you frame that uh, because it doesn't make sense being mad at a penguin because it can't do it right it, yeah. And, and, you know, I think translating it to more human and more, more human scenarios, you know, it could be something simple. Like maybe you have a friend who's just always late. Right. No matter how important it is to you that they be on time and they're always late. Yet you continue to expect that on this next occasion, they won't be late, that they will be on time, you know, and, and, or uh, maybe even a more personal, something that's personal for people. It's like, Sometimes maybe someone has a friend who just uh, injects a little negativity, gives you a little personal jab every time you have some good news to share. Right. And, but you know, but you continue to hope that on this next time you got something good to celebrate, uh, they'll enjoy the moment with you. And that's, that's the expectation. But if we think about it, we know the reality is something different because gotcha. the reality is if you do have one of those friends, they very well may not be capable of being happy for themselves, let alone you. Right. It's got nothing to do with you. Right. And, you know, and like the next time they get annoyed when you have some good news to share, don't get mad. Don't take it personally. It's like it's not his fault that right. he's not capable of being happy for you. It's simply gotcha. beyond his ability. 
So, so then let, let's take that into the realm of conflict where you spend a lot of time talking and your book is around, around that very same topic as well, is, 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 is apply that to the field within the conflict, spect conflict spectrum because uh, it starts now, the picture becomes more and more clearer as you, you know, keep that analogy in mind. Yeah. So, I mean, you had said it at the beginning. It's like, we're going to talk about conflict because some people are like really the hairs on the back of their necks stand up when they think about conflict. Um, and the reason is that it's uncomfortable for a lot of people. A lot of times it's scary. And um, the, the, the common misconception that I find with people, and it doesn't matter if you're in a, in a business, in the boardroom, or in the, in the cafeteria or the bar or the parent-teacher conference. It's the conflicts. It's the same patterns of conflict over and over and over again, just plugging different facts. Right. And one thing that people, I think, get wrong is that conflict is a bad thing that should be avoided at all costs. Um, when the reality is, anytime you look at your, your life, if you're going to live your best audacious life, you know, the, the moments and events where you grow the most, where you, um, uh, where you learn, um, where you are, you're successful, where you're happy, it's usually as a result of dealing with conflict and in the midst of conflict and, and managing through it. You know, growth doesn't happen when everything's all comfortable and nice and cozy. That's right. Right, you know, growth is when you're out of your comfort zone. Yes. There's usually conflict. Maybe you're dealing with someone who's a difficult personality, or maybe um, maybe you're in a situation where you've got some difficult feedback to give to somebody yes. that can probably help them to grow. And you say, well, I, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to have that uncomfortable conversation. Right. But if you lean into it and you realize, you know what? I have information. Let's take a situation where you do have feedback for someone. Right. It's like, if I were in their position, I would want someone to tell me this. So I'm gonna go ahead and tell them. And I think that avoiding that conflict out of a sense of compassion is ironic because it's actually a really mean thing to do to another human being. Like to know how you can help them and then withhold that information. Right. right. It's like if I if right before I came on this show, someone saw me and I and was talking to me and I had like spinach in my teeth, I had food in my teeth. And they didn't tell me. And right. now I get on, now I get like, like that'd be mean. That's like let, right. to let me go do that. Right. So, you know, I think that's a way to like accept that conflict is a good thing and can improve the situation always. If you yeah. met, if you, if you deal with healthy conflict, because yes. there is toxic conflict yes. and toxic conflict is bad. And, and, and in the book, we go into detail about breaking down what the toxins are, Yes. Uh, how to identify them and how to detox the situation. Right. Well, I'm rambling. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're, you're doing fine, Gabe. You're on a roll. I love it. Um, you know, interesting because when we talk about, and, and let's go back to, you, you made the point around, you know, so you had spinach in your teeth and, you know, and, and the people didn't tell you, right? So, so interesting. Oftentimes, you know, individuals hold back and don't tell because of fear of conflict or they think what, what they think might happen. But the, the really interesting thing is they've got no evidence or proof it, is that it actually will happen, but they're still afraid anyways, right? So it's this fear of something that you have no idea if it's founded in something that's realistic or not. Exactly. And, and, you know, part of it is that 
It's fear like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to tell him he got food in his teeth because he'll be embarrassed. Well, you know what? That actually might be true. I might be embarrassed one-on-one, but that embarrassment I feel from that person calling it out to me is nothing compared to the embarrassment I'm going to feel when I look in the mirror an hour later and be like, oh my God, was I just on a podcast with food in my teeth? Um, so, you know, so the, the, the idea that you, you shy away from it because it's scary, it feels uncomfortable. The things that, and, and part of it, by the way, you know, like it's kind of toxic out there. Social media, news cycle. Oh, sure. People don't want to offend. People don't want to say anything that's going to offend somebody. Sure, sure, yeah. And, and you know, uh, that has caused a lot of us to just keep it to ourselves, keep our mouth shut, even nice. when it's helpful information. So it's, it's, it's almost like this mix of like, well, out of compassion, I'm not going to call out this person's flaw right. or the fact right. you got from his teeth. Right, right. But that's not compassion. That's mean. That's yeah. mean. Yeah. And, and, and you're also sort of a, a little bit selfish, I say. I mean, that's a hard word to use, but, you know, I think it's a little bit selfish. You're only thinking about yourself and not how you can help someone else be better. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I was in a, uh, um, I was in a meeting once and someone, someone said something that uh, I just, I, and I, I, I didn't know this person that well. And he said something and I kind of just, I don't know what I did, but I was very dismissive of him. I just kind of dismissed it and, and we moved on. And as we're walking out, uh, and what I had done, by the way, is I basically shut down this guy from talking. He didn't say a word for the rest of the meeting because I was, I didn't realize that I was, I was kind of a jerk. Um, I was curt with him. And, and um, as we're walking out, there's a woman I, I know extremely well. And she shoots me a look like, and I, I knew I knew that I knew that look, I knew what it went, and it weighed on me heavy. And I shot her look back. I'm like, what did I do? And then and she gave me another look, like, if you don't know what you did, then I'm even more, I'm even more <laughs> disappointed in you. And then she talked to me and she said, You shut that guy down in that meeting. And he probably had some good things to add, and he'll never add a good thing in a meeting that you're in with him again. And it you you know, she's basically basically said, You screwed up. Right. Uh, and I and I thought, what? Well, now what do I do? And the answer is simple: go fix it. And I and I went and talked to the guy, and I said, Hey, man, I'm sorry. Like I I I did this wrong to me. Um, I wasn't thinking about you personally, you know. Like, and we and we actually had a great a great conversation. And in that conversation, I said, Hey, next time, like you see me do something like that, please call me out. You're not going to embarrass me. Sure enough, next meeting we're in, he was like all over me, but it was more sport than, than you know, it was more fun. Um, <laughs> he, was making up for lost, he was making up for lost ground, I guess. That's, that's right. He's, he had to get to even. <laughs> he had to get to even, get level the playing field. I love it. <laughs> but uh, but I think that's a great example where kind of some, my my misstep in a, in a communication created conflict between us. Right. He dealt with it by avoiding it. Um, which I don't blame him. That's a natural human thing. It's like, why do I want to talk to a guy who's going to shut me down in the meeting? Um, but now, once I once I kind of embraced the conflict, I owned up to my responsibility in it. Uh, I gave him the permission to say, you know, to, to call me out anytime that happened again. Um, yeah. Then it was great. Now, anytime there's conflict, as in like, I say something he disagrees with, he'll raise it. 
And he, he very well may come up with, with some better thing than I'm coming up with. Right. Um, yeah. That's good conflict. I, I, you, know, you know, as you're talking about, I, I wonder if there's some value in maybe defining what conflict is. And I know I don't want to get too basic in that terms of definition, but I think it's important to understand because for some people, you know, conflict means we're button heads and yelling and we're back and forth. But in, in the example that you gave for you know, the illustration, you know, there was some conflict, but you weren't even totally aware of it because someone else had to point it out to you. Right. Exactly. I mean, I think, I think, what, and there are lots of definitions of conflict, and please don't, don't pull out a dictionary and, and sure. correct me. Uh, but you know, I'd say one one definition of conflict is when two people have opposing viewpoints, uh, goals, or needs. Right. And you know, in, in in that situation, that guy had had a desire to voice an opinion and express something, uh, and and I did something that shut it down. Um, but I think, I think conflict runs, runs the whole gamut of two people not communicating well in a meeting, um, to, uh, being in a relationship with somebody where maybe they're, they're behaving in a way, um, that is hurting you. And, 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 and so that's conflict because you're getting hurt by it. Uh, so how do you deal with that? You know, some people just well, maybe it'll, maybe it'll just go away on its own, but so right. there's that conflict. Um, maybe there's a conflict of, uh, you've got a, you've got a, a client in business and you screwed something up, you messed something up. Right. So how do you deal with that conflict? Uh, there's lots of ways to deal with that. Um, somebody pulls right in front of you, cuts in front of you in the parking lot and steals your parking space. That's conflict. Right. Um, so it's any, 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 anything where, you know, someone is a poet, like ha has done something that's getting in your way of whatever it is you want to do, or you're getting in someone else's way. Got you. Got you. No, and I, and I think, I think that, that, that nicely frames it because, um, uh, sometimes conflict, sometimes conflict is intentional, but other times it is it's not where people are unaware. And again, using that illustration, you weren't aware fully of what you were doing to that other individual. And so uh, I, 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 and, and if we sort of practice sort of that understanding, and, make, and we're probably jumping a little into sort of tools we can use to manage it, but if we practice things like understanding or listening or empathy, I think that can help us resolve or maybe not put it, you know, make it go away, but at least help us manage it a bit better. Yeah, and by the way, one of the other, I think you, you just touched on something that's important. You know, one of the one of the fears of conflict or the thing that makes conflict feel really big is that um, when you look at a when you kind of analyze a problem that you have with another person uh, in any context, you're thinking, well, I don't see a path to like resolve it. Like, I don't think I'm going to be able to get that person to come to my way of viewing things. And, and there's no way that they're going to get me to come to their way of viewing things. Um, so that's just too difficult to deal with. And I think one thing that that can that can cut against that and diffuse that a little bit is the notion that you don't have to resolve all the world's problems at once it is possible to have a productive positive conversation with somebody who disagrees with you right. um and 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 you can you know and you can find common ground and work together uh if it's important to you you know i mean there there are certain relationships in our lives that it's really hard to just jettison them off, you know, if it's your, if it's a family member or your mother-in-law or your next door neighbor, you know, 
I remember growing up, my next door neighbor was not on speaking terms with, with their next door neighbor. So they were like, you know, on the other side. And it, was, and it was all because their kids would play basketball in the driveway and the ball kept going over into the bushes, the other neighbor, and they would go, you know, and because they avoided dealing with the conflict, um, they just got to the point where they wouldn't even speak to each other. Gotcha. Wow. Wow. As opposed to finding some way of just resolving it and amicable, amicable meeting point and move forward. Wow. Yeah. We see it all the time, right, Gabe? It's, 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 it's as much as you know, that, that story you shared about the, the neighbors example, it's one that we've seen a lot. And it's almost in some instances kind of accepted as a norm because it's, it's so common, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, as, as we think about, when we think about it on an individual level, uh-huh. when conflict is viewed as a bad thing and is scary and is, is toxic, um, you know, people, you know, like, let's say you got to go to your job, you know, and you're in a work environment where there's a lot of that toxic conflict, you know, in those environments, um, people don't uh, give a hundred percent of their effort toward the job they spent because they have, they necessarily have to spend a lot of their time being worried about, am I going to get fired or someone will spend 20 minutes just thinking about, man, why, why did that guy when I was at the coffee machines say that or do that? And then like, like that made me mad. And then just literally sitting, someone is now sitting at their desk where they're supposed to be working on some issue for a client or problem at work. And they're just thinking how mad they are at what some guy did at the coffee machine. Um, but in, 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 in like cultures and organizational cultures where conflict is viewed as a positive thing, um, and is not only accepted, but encouraged. And in fact, even required, like sometimes there are meetings where people say, all right, for the next 10 minutes of this meeting, we are all required to initiate conflict. If you see something bad in this company, you got to raise it. If you got an issue, get it off your chest. If you, you know. Um, and that frees people up. And then, then people are like, then they're focused on, well, how do I, how can I do my job better? How can I make this thing for our client better? How can I make, uh, this process improve? How can I improve upon this process? Right. That right. the energy goes there instead of getting mad at someone because of the coffee. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and I know in your book, you talked about uh, creating environments of healthy conflict. And it kind of sounds like that, like that in the illustrations or that's, that's what that is, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, that's a sure. And, and there in the book, there are lots of, uh, lots of examples and tools of how you can, things you can do to help encourage that, you know, in, in a work environment at least. And, but for me, it's a work environment or it's like the Thanksgiving dinner table with all the, extended family around that's very fertile ground for for conflict you know you get one person who's watching msnbc and another person watching fox news all the time this i mean all you gotta do is light a match and boom you know um but but there can be there can sort of be like ground rules and i don't mean like you show up at the thanksgiving dinner table and you got to hand out a checklist of ground rules for the t- that's not gonna happen but right right you know, I think I think in general, if we just approach everyone with just a, a a decent amount of respect for another human being and, and viewpoints, um, that is a uh, that's a that right there accomplishes a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I was in uh, I used to travel a lot, so I'd get into cabs or Ubers, 
Sure. And, um, you know, and, and I would always kind of ask the, the driver, and yeah, I, I like talk, I just like talking to people, and sure. I would ask drivers about some political thing to get a sense of where they were on politics. Right, right. And, and when I said- You're a brave man were, there, Gabe. You're a, you're a brave yeah, man, Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> and, and people say like, well, how do you have political conversations with somebody? It was funny, I was talking to someone who I respect a lot, and I said, you know, there's a there's a there's a great way to manage political conversations with someone who has a completely different viewpoint of yours. He said, "Yeah, I know what that is. Don't have the conversation." And I said, "Well, <laughs> that's one um, way. <laughs> that's my own way." But he said, "That's the easiest way." But right. I found that when I would enter conversations with people who were on the opposite side of an issue than I was, my goal was not to try to convince them. To, to, to persuade them to switch over to my side. That's, that's fantasy. That's delusional. I actually would be crazy if I could think that, that I could do that. That's, a um, point. But, that's actually, Gabe, that's actually a really good point because I think a lot of people sort of think that if I throw enough words and throw enough of my viewpoints at you, you're going to say, oh, I'm wrong all this time and let me switch over. That's not, that's we don't realistic. That's not realistic. What, one of my favorite quotes is, all of your social media posts have really convinced me to drop my viewpoint and join yours said no one ever. <laughs> so, and that, and that, that's the thing, but I, I like the example of the, the, the Uber driver, because when, especially today, much more so than even five years ago, when uh -huh. someone knows your viewpoint on this political issue, they're going to automatically assume a whole bunch of other viewpoints that you probably have and and that and they're and and that you're and that you're crazy for having all those viewpoints. <laughs> right, right. Meanwhile, you haven't even expressed any of those viewpoints. So one goal, I used to have just one goal in these conversations. Like I'm gonna be talking to this person for 10, 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. My only goal is to end this conversation where the other person thinks, you know what, that guy was not completely insane. Uh, he's, he's not going to, he seemed like a nice guy. He definitely had a different viewpoint than mine, right, but right. he seemed rational in his brain. You know, like, like he didn't seem like he should be locked up in a padded room somewhere. <laughs> um, and that, that, that right there just makes it, uh, it, I think it gives everybody permission to just express ideas in a respectful way, you know, that, that, you know, someone's not going to agree with. Right. That right. to me, that's healthy conflict. Yeah. So, 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 you know, as, as we talk about, uh, you know, being respectful, uh, I, I think acceptance is part of that. I know we talked on acceptance at the very beginning of this conversation, but acceptance is a big part of that, that, and, and, and when you can, when you can accept someone for who they are, the respect just naturally flows. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and also the acceptance prevents you from getting like triggered, mm. um, you know, take take a maybe more extreme example, like like I know someone who just is it's just a very critical negative person. Okay. You know, very very you know uh, not, and I don't mind the argumentative part. It's just the negative part. Like you say something, they did. They're just going to find fault in whatever you said, right. and they're going right. to call it out and just use it as an opportunity to just say something. And I realized after years of knowing this person that, you know, she's not, she's not actually critical of me. Like this isn't personal to me. This is just what she does. 
and she's going to do this to me. She's going to do this to the person behind the counter uh, where, where she's buying a, a cup of coffee and she's right. going to do it to someone at work. Like, it's just, I'm, I'm not special. I'm not up on, you know, I'm no different from everyone else in her life. I'm the same as everybody in her life. So when I used to get triggered with that, like she'd find fault and I'd just be thinking, you know, I'll get mad. The hair on the back of my neck would stand up saying, I'm being attacked right now. This right. is personal to me. I, I got to defend myself and I got to attack right back. Um, but once, once I got to the point where she was kind of critical of something, I just thought to myself, you know what, this is just her being her. And, and that's okay. I'm not taking it personally. And then instead of the, 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 con the, the conversation spiraling into like escalating conflict, um, we're able to just talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I, I said it wrong. Sometimes like if you just kind of fumble your words, sure. call that out on you. It's like, yes, I did fumble my words. Well, I apologize if that offended you. <laughs> I know. Wow. I said, yeah, uh, you know, anyway. I, I get it. No, I absolutely get it. And we, look, I think we, we all know people have met people like that in their lives who, who it's almost like that's what they live for, right? So I, I get it loud and clear. Um, you know, as, as we talk and, and, we, and we sort of gone back and forth between healthy conflict and then, and then toxic conflict. Uh, but it's, it's and, and, and Gabe, you know, jumping and correct me if I'm wrong, if you think, but but in terms of the difference between the two, it's very, very much seems like there's a, a fine line between the two. And, 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 and I mean, I, I know myself, for example, I've been instances where well, I, I'm like, that turned south real quickly. When did that happen? Or how did that happen so quickly? And I, and I, and I kind of sort of feel that, that the very thin line where you can go from one from being healthy to toxic if you're not careful. Yeah, um, maybe it helps to talk about what 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 is what are the toxins. Um, okay. So I've identified. I kind of try to keep it basic, and the toxins are anger, fear, ego, and judgment. And and what's interesting about those things is that those are all natural. They naturally occur in human interaction, and within an optimal range, they're actually very healthy. Like there are times when um, fear is a healthy thing. Right. Like if I'm walking down the street at two in the morning, I stare down a dark alley and think, oh, that's a good shortcut, but it looks dangerous and I'm afraid. Healthy fear. That's going to keep me out of it, out of a dangerous situation. Um, if my ego, if I'm, if I'm at work and someone's taking credit for, for what I've done, my ego will cause me to speak up and make my contribution known. I think that's healthy. But when, when, when any of those things, fear, anger, ego judgment, when they rise above or fall below that optimal range, it becomes toxic. So, uh, you, and you were saying like, sometimes you're having a conversation and like, boom, before you know it, you're in this like toxic thing, what's going on? Well, probably anger and fear and judgment, uh, well, and ego, they, they spiked. You know, I've, I've, been, um, uh, I've been in conversations with people where, maybe they feel that their their sense of self is being attacked like maybe you're negotiating right. something right and you're pointing out something that they did and you want to change what they did and then this like subconscious ego kicks in and was like well i did that so that thing is an extension of me so if you want to change that that means you want to change me right. and right. why there you want you go. and yeah they don't they don't they don't articulate that thought to themselves consciously but it's there so it's understanding like when those things get toxic 
um, and then and then how to manage it. And that that fine line can get crossed pretty quickly. Yeah, no, it is, and and it's interesting because when you talk about you know the fear, ego, anger, and, and judgment, uh, it's it's one we, we we know them all, right? Some of us know them better than others, but we know them, we know them, and no one's really surprised to hear that uh, you know that they can contribute to to, to a toxic conflict. Um, but really, what what I'm hearing from you is more about how we manage those those aspects. Yes, I found. I used to, so I'm a, I'm a lawyer, the first part of my career, and I'll just share a little kind of thing about ego. Um, I used to uh, be in a company, we represented major brands. These are huge, multi, you know, international companies. Yep. And we would get on these conference calls to talk about some things in, in some of the legal documents. And these are big companies with what I would call steaming piles of bureaucracy. <laughs> so, so you got you got a call with like ten people on it, and invariably, I'd be on the phone. I'd be the legal guy, yep. and there'd be there'd be a lawyer on the other side, and then we each would have maybe our marketing people on both sides, and I would have to negotiate some 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 things that in a document. So, and maybe this guy made changes to my document. Uh, and I have to say, well, hey, you made this change, but that actually isn't good for any of us. And this is the reason why. And, and the problem with that is he can't give in on that point because he's got an audience. Not only is it me, but he's got people he works with that right. he needs to, 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 to have their respects to make his job easier. And who wants to acknowledge they made a mistake in front of an audience mm. um, and, and his ego. And so as a result, he'd dig in and he'd say, no, I'm not changing it. Not because he didn't think it was a good change, but because right. he, he had to sustain his ego. And uh, one way to manage that, I, I realized this. Here's a, here's a saying, and it's in the book too. Catering to your own ego is very costly. Gotcha. But catering to someone else's ego is free. So when, when you're dealing with someone whose ego, you realize there is driving the conflict. And I say, feed that person's ego. Like it doesn't cost you a, a penny. Um, and, and, you know, and if the person's ego is driving the conflict, recognize that this is a person who, for whatever reason, needs to feel powerful. So tell him he's powerful and respectfully ask him to not use his power to hurt you. Um, you can't be condescending about it. But and, and what I would do, by the way, I would I would in advance of one of these calls, I found out the lawyer's number. I, I called him up. Okay. I said, hey, we got a, We got a call. We got a call coming up. And I just wanted to go over some quick stuff before we get on the big call, just to save some time. And, right. and right out of the gate, I'd say, hey, I saw you change this thing that I did. Um, I actually like your change. And in fact, I'm going to steal it and use it moving forward. I hope you don't mind because that, like, thank you for proving that work. <laughs> right. You know, feed, feed, feed the ego. And then now if the person feels better. Now I can say, now, by the way, this other change you made, I understand why you made it, but I think it might have some consequences that you haven't thought through. And here's what I'm seeing on my end. And then you, then you just have a, a conversation and, right. and uh, you know, so ego, that's a good way to manage ego. Oh, wow. 
Wow, I like that because it really, I, I mean, I, 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 often you hear, you hear that saying, you know, it, it's all about the delivery, right? You know, you can deliver bad news and, and how you choose to get that across. And I think feeding that ego, acknowledging, you know, the good and, 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 and the value in someone before you take them down the path where you really want to go. <laughs> and I, and <coughs> excuse me, I say that not to make a side we're manipulating people because that's not what it is at all, but we are trying to. Uh, show the proper respect towards them, but also getting to what we want at the same time. So it's a it's a bit of both what we're playing with, is really what what we're doing, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the respect piece I think is key, and even on a more fundamental level, a lot of like most well, not most people. I think all I think everybody wants to feel heard. It's just at a at a real fundamental level. So if I've got Let's say you and I have a have a uh, we want we, we have a disagreement. Yep. And we need to reach some kind of resolution. You're not going to want to work on a resolution with me until you are convinced that I understand what exactly it is that you want and why you want it. And the and the reason why you won't want to work on a resolution is like, well, why would I want to work on a resolution when my needs aren't being taken into account? Because that means right. that means whatever solution we come up come up with won't take it into account either. Right. So right. I remember when uh, my kids, I I, I kind of saw this, you know, they were a little younger, but in elementary school in math, you learn the order of operations, like in a in a math problem. And by the way, I'm bad at math, so not this will not be a good refresher. But <laughs> bed bed math, I used to call it. Bed mass, I know that well. <laughs> that, that, the order of operations? The order of uh, operations. Brackets, exponents, division, multiplication, addition, subtraction. There we go. That's all I can say. Wow, mind. yeah. I, I already <laughs> forgot about exponents, so you're ahead of me. <laughs> but, 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 the, but the point of that is, if you go out of order, you yeah. will get the wrong answer. Yeah. So when you're trying to resolve a conflict with somebody, the order of operations is the first thing you must do is understand their position. Yes. And the second thing you must do is articulate their position back to them so they know that you understand it. Yes. If you try to jump to the resolution before you do one of those things, you're going out of the order of operations and you, you'll get the wrong answer. Mm. And I, I like to, the, the goal I always have is I want to repeat someone's position back to them better than they even said it themselves. Wow. Um, because if I can do that, you know, just think of like the times where you're uh, you're tr you're talking to someone and you have a thought and you're kind of bumbling through some words and it's not coming out right. But then all of a sudden the other person says, "Oh, do you mean do you mean this?" And then you're like, "Yes, that is exactly what I mean." That moment, you know, it's like, "Oh, okay, this person gets me. All right, ah. yes. you know." Yes. If you could create that moment in a conversation, then you're going to be able to resolve whatever conflict yep, you have. Yep, yep. And, and a big part of that is listening, Gabe. I mean, if you're not hearing people, like really hearing them for, for what they're saying, but also hearing their feelings too, because I think that's part of that. If you can connect with an individual on an emotional level and hear the way they feel and can articulate that, I think that's getting you closer to where you're describing, right? The place you want to be. Yeah. 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 And there's a... There's something called confirmation bias that really gets in the way of listening. Yeah. You know, um, I think Warren Buffett's quote is something like one thing that humans are like great at 
is filtering all new information in a way that will only support their, their pre-existing belief. Me right. Meaning if they hear new information that, that contradicts something that they believe, then they will discard, they won't pay attention to that information. Yes. yes. And when, when you have that, it's really hard to, it's really hard to actually just hear what someone else is saying. Yes. Um, yeah. And there, there are things you can do to overcome it. And there's some tools that are, are easy to use and you just got to work on it. Uh, gotcha. But it takes work. It does yeah. take work. It does. You know, Gabe, you, you talked a little bit about your 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 legal background, and and really, really, what I find really interesting, it fits nicely in in the scope of conflict, right? Because conflict and lawyers, that's what they're supposed to do, right? And and battle and you know disagree. The 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 idea of a healthy conflict, do you, do you do you see a place for that in in in, in, your, in the legal practice, or do you see how it fits, or is this just conflict is conflict, and that's the way it is? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, I, the only way some, the only way any conflict, even a lawsuit, gets resolved, is is when you can have a healthy dialogue. I think I think the issue with lawsuits is that things have already gone pretty bad to cause someone to go to court and file right. file a lawsuit. Mm -hmm. And by the way, one of the one of the areas of practice that I did was uh, legal malpractice. Okay. So one of my partners was big in the, meaning, meaning we represented people suing other lawyers for screwing up. Mm. So if you think about a lawsuit as being contentious, this was like on right. steroids, you know. And yeah. it's it, it it's great training. Like imagine cross-examining someone who cross-examines people for a living and who just freaking hates you. <laughs> you know, you you <laughs> learn a lot about conflict, how 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 that right. energy of conflict flows and. Right. I would say that the best way for lawsuits to resolve is when you, you got two people or two parties, whatever it is, that clearly have very different opinions as to as to how things should resolve. Um, and they're going to war. So now you're in like war, war, wartime conditions. Um, people are going to have to back off of their positions. Um, but probably only after they fight for a little bit, right. you know, the net, very few lawsuits get filed and then settle immediately. Um, <laughs> right. usually, usually there's some fighting first. Right. Right. right um, right, right. and, but when, when you get to the point where you've been fighting for a while and both sides have their, their armaments all built up with all their weapons pointed at each other. And it's like, look. If each of us pushes this button in front of us, then we're going to unleash all our weaponry right. on each other. Right. Now that we can see that, let's let that's one way to resolve this. Um, but that means one of us is going to die. Maybe right. both of us. Right. I mean, not literally, but no, in the lawsuit. No, absolutely. Yeah. And 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 uh, and then you can say, okay, now that we've come face to face with what we're what that outcome could possibly be. Let's talk about some other options. And that creates the room and the space to say, well, I really don't like uh, what you've done. I don't even like you, but I want to resolve this. Um, here are some options, you know? So, and that, that is how, that is healthy. That's a bit, that right there is a very healthy conflict. 
but it, it had to be unhealthy first. Right, right, right. When when did you come to that realization to actually make the distinction between the two? Um, were you already kind of into your career at that point? It was something you knew beforehand. When did you there's sort of that awakening? Because I would imagine that there's still a lot who feel that there's only one way of doing this, and it's a unhealthy way. Right. Um, it was it was sort of like it was a sequence of events. I remember having the thought a number of times as a lawyer looking at a case and, you know, like doing the research and everything and realizing being able to identify the moment in time when the conflict went really bad. You know, I'm looking back at like maybe a letter one, one party sent to the other. And it's like, yep. wow, I wouldn't have sent that letter. I would have, mm. I would have picked up, the, you know, and like, I went, I God, if they hadn't sent that letter, we wouldn't even be here right now. So, so <laughs> learning that, and then when I got, I, I realized that um, uh, when we engaged in, in healthier conflict, uh, my clients and I had a much better experience with the legal system. And when it was toxic, it was usually much more expensive for the client and stressful. And then I, I left the practice of law and got into, into just business and it was a whole different set of issues we were dealing with, but I immediately had like pattern recognition. Like anytime something mm. would happen, it's like, well, wait, I've seen this pattern before. This yes. was in, I've seen this pattern a hundred times before. Yeah, yeah. And then thinking like, wow, it, it, you know, it isn't just lawsuits. This is just human interaction that happens anytime people have to work together. Um, so that, so being in, being in two very different environments, yet seeing the same patterns of conflict was when I started to think, okay, there, the commonality here, it, it's, um, well, it's human beings. If you pull human beings out of the situation, you yeah. don't really have conflict. No conflict. That was good. Yeah, no conflict. <laughs> if it's a bunch of robots working together, there's no conflict. <laughs> ah, I love it. I love it. But very true. I can't take that point from you, Gabe. You know, listen, this, this, this has been... Uh, it's such an awesome chat. I really do appreciate uh, you being here and, and, and providing a perspective, a, a very enlightening perspective on conflict because it affects all of us. And, you know, I think we all have we've all been it at some point or another. So to be able to view it from a different lens, I think is important. And uh, and to be able to develop some of these skills, which you outlined in your book. Uh, let's, give, let's, let's hold that book up again there for them, Gabe. Gabe, uh, you know, don't get mad at the penguins and other ways to detox conflict from your life and business i get it all yeah you got it all available anywhere books are sold and there's an audio book too so if you're into audio you got audible or you know audiobooks.com or wherever there else there we go and, and, and if individuals wanted to catch up with you gabe uh where, where could we send them uh gabecarp.com so just my name gabe carp all one word and you know dot com there we go there we go well, listen, Gabe, again, yeah. this, this, this has been awesome. Thanks for the time. Uh, congrats on the book. And uh, I appreciate, uh, uh, again, the, the, the insights on conflict and, and all the good things that we can do to, to get past it and, and be in that healthy place as opposed to the, the toxic one. So thanks again. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. It's, it's been fun. Awesome. I appreciate it. Be Have well. Take one. care. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Back we are on the podcast and it was very, very cool to chat with Gabe about positive 
healthy, non-toxic conflict and, and really how achievable it is for, for all of us. And I know, listen, it's not always a comfortable space to be in, but if we can control our emotions and do things like exhibiting empathy, exercising patience and practicing understanding and acceptance, we really can make things go a far, far way. You know, on the topic of acceptance and understanding, I'd encourage you to pick up a copy of his book, Don't Get Mad at Penguins, and other ways to detox the conflict in your life and business. Again, it doesn't make sense to be angry with penguins because they can't fly. We just have to accept that as a fact and move on. So again, thanks, Gabe. Really appreciate you for being here. So, so awesome and wish you uh, continued success. You know, when I reflect on my conversation with Gabe, he really left us with a lot of great points. But if there's just one thing that I take from our chat, it would be this. Despite the fact that penguins are birds with wings and feathers, they can't fly like other birds. This is a commonly accepted fact that nobody gets mad about. So bearing that in mind, you can start to see how we can significantly reduce conflict and strife in our lives by simply accepting people as they are in the same fashion that we accept penguins not being able to take flight. When we stop expecting others to miraculously change into something they're not overnight, we can save ourselves so much unnecessary frustration. Acceptance is the ability to see that others have a right to be their own unique persons. That means having a right to their own feelings, thoughts, and opinions. When you accept people for who they are, you let go of your desire to change their viewpoints and thoughts, which will naturally make way for positive, non-toxic, audacious conflict. Hey, listen, if you haven't registered for email notifications of the podcast, please know that you can do so simply by heading over to bestaudaciouslife.com. And all you've got to do is enter in your email address and you'll be alerted every time we've got brand new content that comes out. Uh, we, of course, reached the end of another episode of the podcast. And as always, I send my thanks and appreciation to our audacious listeners. Appreciate your support so much. And thank you uh, for being with us on this journey. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, show love to one another, and be audacious. You've been listening to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by Audley Stevenson. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Until next time, be audacious.